0: Hello and welcome to the Generation Zedia podcast, a podcast about the media we loved growing up. I'm your host, Ashley Pelletier. Joining me this week is former Chronicle editor-in-chief Michael Socoli as we discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series by Rick Riordan. First released in 2005, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief got an entire generation interested in mythology. Spanning 15 books, two movies, and an upcoming Disney Plus TV show, this series has impacted countless young readers. So what was your first experience with Percy Jackson like?
1: Oh my goodness. I couldn't remember what the first time I picked it up as because it's just so ingrained in everything I did as a kid because it was just so relatable. You know, it was 12 year olds going crazy, so to speak, in a godly world. It was both cool, but terrifying. It was just such a good saga um, and it's something I wish the movies continued. But we can get into that a little bit later.
0: Yeah, I had a lot of experiences with Percy Jackson in elementary school too. Um, I particularly remember running around on the playground with um a couple of my really good friends. Um and we'd pretend we were demigods and had godly parents. Um I was always a child of Athena, if you couldn't tell. And um, I couldn't I, I couldn't tell. No. <laughs> and I just I always really loved the series and then actually it The Lightning Thief was one of the first books that got me back into reading in 2020, and I read all of the original five books, which are the original series based on Percy, but then the other two series, which are also five books, about the Prophecy of Seven, and then Apollo, which is a whole different story, but Percy is still involved in it.
1: Yeah, I got lost in the Apollo part, but I did read all the five. I read the Prophecy of Seven, which I think... Like, so rare that you have a, another set of books that is mm. so great as, you know, the Roman side of it combined with the Greek side. It makes sense that it should work. You know, it's the same universe. But it the characters just mesh so well. They form such a great team. And I kind of get lost around the, the books afterwards, like the Norse part, once we get to the Norse Yeah, mythology. I, and I mean,
0: it doesn't help that we really were aging out of, like, middle grade books at that time. Like, I know I didn't finish the Heroes of Olympus series until um, la- like last year because I just had stopped reading by the time that those books were coming out and I really came back to them and I haven't read the Norse, the Magnus Chase books and I haven't finished the Cain Chronicles, the Egyptian and Norse ones, but um, the Apollo books are underrated. They're so good. Even, actually, the last book did come out, I think it was last year or the year before.
1: I I've read the first one and I have not. I can't even tell you where it was left off because it was just that long ago. I was gonna bring up the Egyptian ones, not to get too far off of Percy Jackson, but I I really enjoyed my 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 whole memory of reading the Egyptian ones is on a Nook tablet while I was I think I was on vacation or something. Mm-hmm. Like I was just swiping away on some electric screen, and I. Thoroughly enjoy those because it's just they're good and they also do
0: connect Percy Jackson. They um there are a couple books that I haven't read that like are Annabeth and Percy working with Carter and Sadie. Um, so like I really like that all of his books are really connected because I think Percy Jackson also shows up in Magnus Chase as well. I could be wrong. I mean, it makes sense. Like all of his books are connected and it just like makes it all feel like alive.
1: Because you know? Rick Riordan is a genius, honestly. he is honestly. He's my hero. Like
0: he does, he hasn't done some things perfectly for sure, but like he does a lot right. Where I think a lot of authors really don't or didn't, especially because the book was first published in two thousand five. He gave a lot of representation of neurodivergent people that isn't really seen in media, especially that early. Like only now we're really starting to get. Stuff that is representative of people with ADHD and autism and stuff like that, so I really like that a lot about his work.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of the you know a very common theme in all these books is just strong female characters as well. Like it it would have been so easy to to nitpick one. Obviously, Annabeth would be very uh, you know clear. I'm
0: in love with Sally Jackson. That woman is my hero. I was going to
1: save that for the for the book to movie because there's so many things that are missing in that, but. Uh, I'll 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 jump to the to the Aries uh, to Clarice Cla- Cla- have, uh, Clarice to Cl- Clarice that's what, I was wondering because oh she was missing from the first movie I wasn't sure how to pronounce it so I was just making yes, it up as Clarice. a kid Clarice that could have easily been a male character a strong character like that mm-hmm. who intimidated Percy and all that could have easily been but I think switching that up and just making it you know for the time as well is just another stat, another sign or something mm-hmm. that Riordan did that a lot of other authors weren't
0: yeah um his characters in general are just really like nico d'angelo is one of my favorite characters in the whole series and you find out that he's so aggressive towards percy in the original series because he's gay and he liked percy and it's just so like even though it was an after the fact realization because you find out in i want to say the third house heroes of olympus book it makes um, sense it, it makes sense yeah. and it was like a clear effort whereas in other series after the fact the author's like by the way this character you've known for seven books is gay and there's no evidence. You
1: could just name drop it if you want. No. Okay. <laughs> but she who
0: must not be named. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I you know, I completely agree because that's that's what I really like about it is that it was all it's so planned out. It's so methodical. It's mm-hmm. things that this happened, this happened, this happened, and now ultimately you get to that final stage and it just makes sense. -hmm. Like, there's so many steps. There's so many. It's so planned out, and that's why I'm saying that this should have been a huge universe, and it was. But Mm -hmm. like, we're not talking about it as much now, and we should be. Like,
0: but I think that people are finally starting to talk about it because of this Disney Plus series. Like, when the the casting came out, Walker Scobell is playing Percy Jackson. I think the internet kind of blew up a little bit, and I could just be in my own little bubble, but I saw everywhere people were talking about how great his personality is and I agree like if you look at his interviews he did for the Adam project which came out like a few months ago he is literally Percy he's so sassy he um he's perfectly comfortable like sassing adults because like him and Ryan Reynolds are so funny together but I just can't wait to see who else gets cast I know Annabeth and Grover are coming down the pipe and I'm very excited to see what they do with it
1: Again, I also don't know how big this is because my my excitement for this movie is tied to what I've seen from the excitement from you because we've been hanging out it's for a while. It's like, actually a
0: TV show.
1: Yeah, TV show. My bad because that again it's the streaming services, right? Because mm-hmm. that's how I think the best way to tell a story is—you don't have to cram it into a few hours. You can cram it into yeah. multiple into an hour over a series of nine, you know, yeah. episodes.
0: I I think they're going to be six episode. Um, series is but i think that doing that form allows you to focus more on the tiny details that the movies released in what 2010 2013 really missed 22. out on i like the movies as movies but i don't like they're bad adaptations don't get me wrong like they miss out on so much the characters the of the wrong ages annabeth brunette. like there, like there are things that are missing that people cared about a lot but they're fun movies. Like if you go back and watch them, like but why are they
1: fun? Actually, are they fun because they're bad or is no? It...
0: They're fun movies. Like I enjoy watching them, and it's like if if they had come out, if it were flipped, like the movies came out first, I would be totally happy with them. Like they're fun movies to watch. Like the per- the poker face scene in Lightning Thief is so good.
1: See, and I'll, I'll disagree because. <laughs> the movie what we just talked about right of those methodical building the little details and some things you obviously can't have every small detail transfer over but what we loved about the series were all those small detail small details that made sense and you know you have things that are just totally left out like percy having complete control of his powers from the get-go what no that that's not how it happened it took years for him to do that It took, it took multiple books for him to do that and just starting off, it skips such a level of maturity. I think the relationship between him and Annabeth isn't exactly the same. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, it's, you know, the whole seaweed brain. That's entirely missing. Oh, my God. The blue stuff that's, with Sally. Yeah. Why? Where?
0: Come and, like, on. that's what I'm saying. Like, they're bad adaptations. But there's a difference between a bad movie and a bad adaptation. So, like, I would say, for, like, for example, I would say the sixth Harry Potter movie it's a good adaptation. It's not a good movie. Like, I didn't, like, get a lot of enjoyment out of it. But I think it's the opposite with the Percy Jackson movies because they're fun movies. Like, I love Logan Lerman as Percy Jackson. I think he was the perfect actor, wrong time. Um, I
1: completely agree with that, yeah. But
0: they are so fun to watch. Like, I love watching those movies, and I will watch them over and over again.
1: I guess I do have to rewatch it, to. Yeah. I, like, it's it's been a bit, and... I was, you know, when I was watching this, I was watching it expecting, you know, a good adaptation. Mm -hmm. And kind of a steps, you know, a stepping stone into making it that long series that, Mm -hmm. you know, I've already talked about too much. But I don't know. I think that, like, it could have been, you know, bad adaptation, good movie, good adaptation, bad movie. But there's so much potential to get both. Mm -hmm. Like, the series is so good that a lot of the details... They're not hard to do. Having a you know having a scar, mm. making Annabeth's eyes gray, just little things. The brunette. It's little things that I think captures ReOrigins' details that make the series just mm. pop a little bit
0: more. Yeah, and like I totally agree with that because like you're missing what you love about the series. But if you're a new fan coming into the series having no expectations, I think they're solid movies. Like they're not by any means Oscar winning movies, but they're fun to watch. Uh, I will watch the poker face scene over and over again, and I know I've already mentioned it. It's one of the best scenes ever, in my opinion. It's right up there with the baseball scene in Twilight.
1: No, you're not gonna (laughs) get me with that one. But, and that's that's an example where you know there not everything needs to match. Some you could take some creative liberties to make it more funny, make it you know more memorable. That's all fine. I I have problems when you implement characters that didn't exist, and like taking out the entire Ares saga of that. That was such yeah. a good twist in the book. Like, when he goes yeah. up to Hades, and all of a sudden, you know, it's not... Like, he has the, you know, he has the bolt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Helm of Darkness. Non-existent in the movie as well. Yeah. Like, there's just layers that are, like, not, not just details, but entire layers that are taken out that, I don't know. Yeah. That that's, that's what I was thinking. And maybe it's because of, at the time... i'm reading the book i'm going straight to the movie and that's what i was just expecting i think it's what a lot of people were expecting
0: yeah you know another thing that they missed in the movies but it's not like a good detail is that annabeth and luke kind of have a like thing for each other and it's so weird because he's 19 in the beginning of the first book and she's 12
1: (laughs) that's so oh my god yeah um
0: it it's a very weird thing that Riordan chose to include, and I'm kind of hoping they don't bring it back for the TV show, just because it is such a strange thing. But it like kind of shows the manipulative part of Luke in a way that you really don't get by him just being angry with the gods for like abandoning him.
1: And that was that's that was my problem with the movies that that was Luke's sole motivation, It was mm. just you know was spite, and that's a big part of it. That's fine. Outside of mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, they kind of kicked Kronos to the side, despite him being the entire theme of the entire arc. Mm. Um, but the relationship between Annabeth and Luke, that's so, like, important. Like, the betrayal hits mm. Annabeth way harder than it hits Percy because of the history. And that history is just totally lost.
0: Yeah, and I think we also are missing parts of that because of how they did the series with having Kronos return in the second movie, even though... I think at that point they knew there weren't going to be any more. But we miss out on all that because we skipped a bunch of steps along the way. Like, you miss the labyrinth. You miss the D'Angelo's. Like, you're missing all these parts of the series that really build Percy up to be this hero that he has to make this big decision about whether or not to save the gods. And we really don't get that in the movie. I don't even think they really mention that prophecy at all.
1: Yeah, no, the prophecies, the oracle's not mentioned like that. that no, whole, the oracle's
0: in the second one. In
1: the sorry, yeah, oracle's mentioned in the second one, not mentioned in the first one. Like it, it is mentioned. You know, the prophecy is a big part of the first one. You know that you will be betrayed by a friend, and then the big, you know, the big ultimate prophecy. But and, and that's the whole thing is if you lose those little details, the yeah. whole story just becomes weaker. And mm. that's where I, I'm really excited that a television adaptation can actually do that because yeah. episodes you know nowadays that people are either they're all about the episodes and so am i honestly mm. but it's it gives you so much more creative leeway gives you more time to work with it you have disney funding you know
0: they're using the same technology they used for the mandalorian for percy jackson and i'm like that show is one of the best looking shows that has ever been produced so I can't wait to see what they do with that.
1: I, I am I am genuinely excited for this, though. Like, yeah. I didn't think I would be because, you know, I read this these books as a kid. It's all nostalgia. It's things mm-hmm. that were a long time ago that I haven't really thought about in recent years. Mm-hmm. But I'll binge this. I Like, I'll, I'll watch it every week in the same way that I'm watching Moon Knight right now and Winning Time and things like that. Mm-hmm. P- Percy Jackson is going to be in the same sentence as that. It's, it's really funny to think about.
0: No, it's the fact that we're going to be um, – post grads like we're going to be have two full college degrees and we're going to be waiting till 3am and to watch percy jackson
1: and there's no place i'd rather be yeah (laughs) that that ultimately you know post grad these are this is what i want my college experience to be about you know i don't need clubs i don't need anything like that i need percy Percy jackson Jackson. on
0: disney plus
1: i want percy jackson done right on disney plus because and Rick, you know Riordan's gonna have a hand in writing this. Like I know he's,
0: he's yeah, he has an active hand in writing it, and he worked with casting. He was actually the one who told Walker that he was cast as Percy. That's great. Like and he's been doing like little blog updates every once in a while, like telling people how it's going and stuff. And so like was, he's yeah. actually actively involved, whereas with the movies he really didn't have that.
1: Yeah. No. I I read with the first couple that. You know, he saw the final script. He was like, I want nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. Don't use my name. Don't, don't, yeah. I'm not, this isn't me. This is my book you're using, but that's it.
0: Yeah, and he, so a lot of people want Logan Lerman and Alexandra Daddario to come back and play Athena and Poseidon. Cool. That uh, be cool. And um, he responded to that in one of his blog posts. He was like, haven't they gone through it enough?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: He's like, I'm not going to put them through that again because they were hated on so much. For their roles in those movies, even though they were really good actors in those parts.
1: Yeah, you can't... It's a shame, because you can't blame the actors and actresses mm-hmm. for playing the roles that were just poorly written. Yeah. Like, you can't... They're not writing the script. All they can do is act it out. But they they ultimately get the hate for it. And then a new crop of writers. You know, we, we writers can be a real scrappy bunch, <laughs>
0: Not the scrappy Scrappy bunch. bunch. I
1: don't know. <laughs> If that's not the best way to describe it, yeah. you know.
0: Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the history of Percy Jackson, the adaptations and all that. Let's get into our rankings of the first ten books. So the Percy Jackson series and then the Heroes of Olympus series, the sequel series. So what do you have for number ten?
1: Okay, I'm going to preface this by saying do not hold me to this. I, I thought long and hard about this, all right? But it could also totally change if I reread the whole story. Yes. That's like a disclaimer. We have, both
0: of us have not read these books in a while.
1: In a while. But we do have, you know, it's...
0: Based on our memories alone, this is our ranking.
1: Exactly. So, number 10, I have the Titan's Curse. Yep. Really? (laughs) See, now, you might not be able to see the eyes bulge and shoot out of Ashley's head as I said that. (laughs) And I don't know. Oh, my God. I I really liked it because the whole, you know, the theme of, I I don't know. Maybe the damsel in distress. It's not a damsel in distress, but, like, I don't know. Going to save someone just felt like an over... May, maybe a trope I've just seen before. Again, I love all these books. Mm-hmm. But that's why I had to attend.
0: Okay. Well, for my number 10, I had The Blood of Olympus, which is the final book in both series. Um wow. I just didn't think he... Riordan wrapped it up in the best way he could have. Like, I just think... I just didn't like the ending. Like, I like the idea of the gods fighting alongside their children. But... Gaia literally rises because Percy has a bloody nose like it's so dumb like I mean I get it but at the same time I was like it flopped for me
1: I don't mind the, the bloody nose part just because it's I don't know it it stays true the prophecy at the end yeah. of the day it's realistic I guess in a little bit of a way but like I I don't mind at all because it, in some way we have to compare it to the other yeah. big climatic ending of you Know of like the last Olympian type yeah. of thing, it doesn't, it doesn't compare, so it, I, I do get that.
0: It, it just kind of like didn't hit the mark I wanted it to hit. I was like, This is 10 books in the making, it better be good, and it just didn't hit that mark. Like, one of the side villains, Octavian, like literally just gets launched into like a fireball. Like, come and
1: on. Octavian was the worst, the he, was worst. worst. he was the absolute worst. And I'd like, I I like that he got shot into a fireball. But,
0: like, I would have liked to see seen someone just beat the crap out of him, like he. It's just a little jerk and he is just a teenager so i don't think he kind of deserved death by fireball but i just think that he needed something different than just like his cape getting stuck in something and getting launched into a
1: fireball it was it was ridiculous enough for me where i didn't mind it. he was a ridiculous character yeah. but i don't know what do you have in number nine
0: So, this might be a little bit controversial, but I have the House of Hades at number 9. I love the Tartarus line, the Tartarus plot, but I just think that the other side of the story, like, above, like, in the human world, just didn't hit for me. Like, it was fine, but I feel like taking Percy and Annabeth out of the dynamic of the group kind of, like, goofed it up a little bit for me.
1: I have House of Hades much higher than that, but... Well. I, I am. I think Tartarus has been teased to since the first book. Like, when he first goes out to Hades, you you, know, you have it beckoning to him. You have Kronos beckoning to him. It's mm. it's so, in a sense, mythological. Mm. It's so, like, I've been waiting for that for so long. It's such a great sacrifice in the, from the book before and oh
0: believe me i enjoyed no, mark of athena yeah
1: no I did the tell. mark
0: of athena ending is perfect
1: yeah but we'll, we'll get but to, we'll get to market like athena, the but.
0: only part that i really remember being stunned by in um house of hades was when i think they're in like the depths of Tartarus, like even deeper than most of the time they're in and it's like oculus the goddess of like poison or something and percy like kills her y- like using her own poison and that was a lot but I feel like the rest of the story, I was like, I don't really care for this.
1: I think it just—it's so much character development that. But like in terms, mm-hmm. of you have on you know above by taking away the two, with the exception of I guess Jason, you know, like the two alpha leaders of Annabeth and Percy. You have other characters that need to now step up, and like mm-hmm. Frank's development, for example. Is, I do like Frank's development a lot. And I love Frank. It's forced there, where like okay, you're gonna have to do it. You have to step up now. Yeah. And. Having the same thing happen with Percy and Annabeth, and then morphing in a different way—you know, of using—I think it was the river sticks and throwing it at. Was it? I, I, I don't remember who we threw it at, but just you know, kind of morphing himself in a way where he's not—you know, this we he's, we started with him as a 12-year-old kid. Like he's this is just 17. not the same. He's now 17. He's gone through a lot. This is the most he's gone through. Yeah. I it's it's just so much character development.
0: Yeah, like I said, it's a good book, but it's. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much good competition here oh, for sure. that I couldn't put it higher. So what is your number nine?
1: My number nine is Sun, The Sound of Neptune. Now, ironically,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I was, I, this started much higher, purely based on the nostalgia of the book cover, because I love that the book is a, it cover. It is a great book cover. And honestly, that's something I, I, I want to take a second to say. The book covers for all of these are stunning. Like, i
0: have the second book covers for the um original series and it's like the new york skyline on the spines of the book so when they're all next to each other they line up it's beautiful
1: it's it's stellar like a shout out to whoever made that because i am in love with it but i have it at number nine i love the dynamic between percy all of a sudden now finding himself in the roman camp and he's got to earn, all of a sudden earn his worth in a way again and Poseidon not really being super super respected there in comparison, so or I guess the <laughs> son of Neptune not really being respected there, you know, so to speak, to the book title's name. Mm. But I don't know, there was a lot to it where I kind of wanted a little bit more, you know, ending. I don't know. I like the the future versions of Frank and all those, you know, the great characters. I'm blanking on. Uh, Hazel. Hazel. Thank you frank and hazel i think they just get so much stronger down the line than in the beginning mm-hmm. it's just not as interesting to me
0: yeah um so for number eight i have my first book from the original series sea of monsters i also
1: have sea of monsters at oh eight. great
0: minds great minds i just i feel like it was the weakest it was just generally the weakest book in that series like i like the line with Car- clarice like trying to live up to her legacy but she is failing to do that and i really like um the backstory we start to get about talia and annabeth and luke but i feel like grover in a wedding dress and like the gags like that kind of take it down a little bit for me
1: yeah you said everything i would because Clarice's like Clarice is a good reminder that not everyone is Percy Jackson. You mm-hmm. know, like, not everyone lives up to a big three type of storybook mm-hmm. thing where Clarice didn't. You know, she couldn't do this, and, you know, Aries kept on pressuring her pressuring her, and she couldn't do it, but she needed help, and she got there. But mm-hmm. I completely agree. The, the wedding dress was just too much. Honestly, I feel like I was too scared to put it mm-hmm. lower okay. because it was just part of the original, uh, original set and... I don't know. Also, it's it's a, it's tough to follow up the Lightning Thief.
0: So true. Um, for number seven, I have the Lost Hero.
1: After after moving my list around a lot, I also have the Lost Hero. Oh my
0: seven. goodness. Um, I think the main reason I have it so low is because it's like the disappointment of it not being Percy in that book. Because it was fresh off of the Last Olympian, and you're like, I need more Percy Jackson. Like, what is going on? And you start off, and you're like, Who the hell's Jason? I don't want Jason, I want Percy, and so like you're trying to figure out what's going on with them, which is an interesting storytelling technique, like I like the suspense of like not knowing what's going on, but it was just adapting to a new set of characters that you didn't have before, but like I love Piper's introduction, even though she's a very much not like other girls type of girl, but like I like her interactions with her siblings um, as she's a daughter of Aphrodite. So, like, it's a good book. It's just not the best. It's,
1: it's. Yeah.
0: It's not Percy.
1: Piper's great because Piper ties into everything we said before about having a strong female character. And all of a sudden, mm. ever, all the stereotypes of what you associate Aphrodite mm. with, Piper kind of resets it. And in yeah. a way, that is what Aphrodite should be represented represent as. Mm. So I love that, you know, they, that Reordon. Recognize the stereotypes and kind of just threw them all
0: Yeah, well, she's also indigenous. She's Cherokee as well, which I really like um, how he added a lot more representation into the Heroes of Olympus because we have an Asian character, we have a Latino, um, indigenous people, a black person. Like, there is so much more representation that just really wasn't there in those first books.
1: And the best part is that none of it is forced. All Mm -hmm. of it has just deep, like, very relevant backgrounds that all make the characters who they... Uh, I gotta stop because it's mm-hmm. it's so well written. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I the problem my only issue with the Lost Hero I think it's all great. I think it sets up and it's just I think it's very hard to do a first installment of a series again, especially with a group that has already been through it because mm-hmm. you already are basing off of something. Like you said, it's not Percy. My, but you have to compare him in a way. You have to compare Jason to Percy, and mm-hmm. Jason just comes in, you know, as a natural leader, as the son of Zeus, yeah. and all that.
0: Honestly, I didn't really like Jason until I read the Trials of Apollo series, which spoiler alert, he dies in. Um, you did not know that, and I'm sorry. He's Mike's going through a little bit of shock right now. That's for fine. those of you who can't see, but um, the book's been out for like five years, so
1: yeah, yeah, I've I've long. Miss my window for it, but, but. like,
0: Jason is really underrated because like, obviously we find out later he's Talia's little brother, but and that's what really starts to tie us to him a little bit more. But he's a good, he's genuinely like a good guy, and I feel like a lot of people like the struggles demigods face don't really allow for you to just be like a solid person like that.
1: He is perfect in a way. And I think that Mm -hmm. that was kind of what I was getting at with, you know, when you compare him to Percy, Percy took years to become the leader that he was. Mm -hmm. Jason was kind of born into it. And that's all fine. He's still a great character. And when everyone else catches up to him, he's just a perfect part of the team, natural leader and all that. But I think that's, we didn't get to love his growth as much.
0: Mm -hmm. So for number six, I have the Titan's Curse. I just love Nico D'Angelo a little bit too much. Um, I love the, the hunters of Artemis, like, there's, um, they're very much meant to be queer women, and as a queer woman, that really, they really struck a chord with me, like, if I wasn't a daughter of Athena, I was a hunter of Artemis growing up, and so, like, I love their introduction, and I love how Percy's willing just to go to the ends of the earth for Annabeth, like, he's leaving without knowing what the hell is going on, he's, he is there, and yeah it's really where we start to see their relationship start to bloom a little bit
1: and what's what's kind of funny is that you had my number 10 book there and again i i really enjoy the titan's curse part of it is also you know getting someone to sway a vote also i don't know it Mm. feels too human for me but um i i have your number 10 here i have blood of olympus here really so just for the i it's high expectations i still Mm. think it's a good finale so I don't know. You've already talked you've already talked on it. I've already talked on it. I don't think we need to step on it too much longer.
0: So, what do you have for number five?
1: Number five, I and this is, a, I think, it's a tear jump for me, where I really mm-hmm. like these top five a mm-hmm. lot. I have Battle of the Labyrinth. Okay. So, I don't know what to make of that reaction, but we'll get into that. But I I think it's, I don't know, the Labyrinth is so iconic to the mythology of it all, and just having that being the setting having been constantly warping. You know, you you as a reader don't know what's going to happen. You truly believe that the characters mm-hmm. don't either. And the story of Daedalus and all that, I'm, I don't know. That's that's something I really want to see in movie format or, I guess, television format. That There's so much potential with all this, but I think especially with Battle of the Labyrinth.
0: So for my number five, I have the Son of Neptune. I really love um, Hazel. Hazel is one of my favorites. Like, I love her story of her growing up in new orleans and then having to give that all up because her mom is like we're moving to alaska and like her story is just so tragic because she has to kill herself and her mother to save the world and it's just a lot for me and i like i love them going up the um western seaboard to get to alaska like the amazons who run amazon is so funny and i love i just i love their story so like i love ella she's such a cute character and obviously we see her with tyson later on a lot and we didn't mention tyson but he's also a really great character who's like basically percy's little brother who's a cyclops and it's just like showing that the monsters that we see them kicking their butts all day long are just as real and dynamic as the demigods are
1: yeah no, I have nothing to complain about that, because I really did enjoy The Sun Neptune. I had it lower, and again, I'm, I, I'm not going to give reasons why I have it lower, because I don't want to think about having it lower, because I really did enjoy it as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So what do you have for number four?
1: This is where I have House of Hades, and proudly, because I think that's fantastic. And we've, I, we talked about that, I think, more than anything else on the list. So who do you have at number four?
0: I have The Lightning Thief at number four. Wow.
1: Um, okay, interesting. I, obviously,
0: I love The Lightning Thief. It has such a big place in my heart, but it's just not at, like, it's still, like, the growing pains. Like, you're getting used to these characters. And, like, I love the introductions of the characters. Like, I love, like, Mrs. D- like him having to fight Mrs. Dodds with not a single idea what he's doing. I love the introductions to Camp Half-Blood, but, like, I love the community aspect that you get of it when most of the time Percy's at Camp Half-Blood in the first book He's not, like, really getting into camp life that you see later on.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i going to hold off talking about my end of the Lightning Thief until we get to my ranking yep. of it, because I I, I love it. But number three, I have the Mark of Athena.
0: I have Battle of the Labyrinth.
1: Interesting. You have it much higher. Interesting. I so guess not first. much higher, but Mark of Athena is an amazing book because I think... You can wipe out even the first bit of it. And I think solely the ending is just so iconic to me. Like, I was when I was making this rankings, I was quickly looking, when did when did Percy fall into Tartarus? Because that ending, that sacrifice, is it's so Percy. Like it's so central to his character, so central to his build-up, something that he's feared forever. And he literally has to get in front of it because he has to save the entire ship. And just the results of it, the guilt that leo feels and just everyone is so real in it everyone's forced to step up uh or it, everyone is that that's like obviously that's the next book but the mark of athena and everything that leads up to it you know the relationship between obviously annabeth and her mom as she d- deals with that dual personality it's i don't know I, I i i love it i'm I'm very happy that we both have it high up mm
0: mm-hmm. So, obviously, Battle of the Labyrinth was my choice for third, and I really love Nico's story in this book, because he believes he's doing the right thing by working with, I think it's Minos, it might be Midas, actually, it's one of those, and he, he genuinely thinks he's doing the right thing, but he finds out that he's been tricked this whole time, and he is so worried about being the bad guy as a child of Hades that he's like, I really messed up, but I... Didn't want to be this bad guy that people make me out to be, and he's only eleven in this book, and it's so sad that he has to go through this after losing his sister and his mom, and losing seventy years in the Lotus Hotel. That is—he's just one of my favorite characters, and his story is just so tragic, and I love him.
1: Yeah, he's someone I, I, I should have one hundred percent brought up when I talked to him about Eleven because. Like, it's such an important reminder that, like, they're so young. They're they're children. They're they're children, actually. You know, they're they're fighting a whole war. They're doing the whole thing. And it's just such a reminder that the growth, again, a constant theme I'm talking about here is growth of the characters Mm -hmm. because they get there, they get there, they get there. And that's
0: another reason that aging up the characters in the movies just didn't work is because you need the tragedy of these kids being little and having these things threatening their lives on a daily basis
1: yeah making mistakes childhood bullies little yeah. things like that every all all of us related to as readers mm-hmm. and growing up throughout the series we were growing up with them mm-hmm. we are at the perfect time for all this as well like mm-hmm. it's it's fantastic and nico is such a good example of that
0: mm-hmm. so number two
1: number two is where i had the lightning thief yes because i we're we're both in agreement on what we're gonna have ahead of it and The Lightning Thief, like, I I am... Something I really love about the whole series is the gadgets a little bit. Like, Riptide is so cool. Riptide is so cool. Like, cool is a word that I have... I don't know. It's hit or miss now as I've grown up a little Mm -hmm. bit. Riptide epitomizes cool. It's a pen that turns into a golden sword. Slash it around. Won't hurt anyone that you really actually would want it, like, worry Mm -hmm. about hurting. It's such a good story, the whole thing. The it's it's a there's plot twist there's character building there's just so many signs of where it's going to go and so many different ways it can like i love the ending the ending is not
0: Mm -hmm.
1: huge climactic like that's like it's so easy to get dragged away and Mm -hmm. make it something bigger than it was but just sitting down you know Mm -hmm. sitting down next to luke talking and all of a sudden you know a switch flips scorpion I was there the whole time. Like, final line of the prophecy makes sense. You you were waiting for it, but even you yeah. kind of forgot about it in a way. And it's just, it's such a good ending. It's not throw it in your face. Mm-hmm. It the, the scene with Backbiter, it's another flash of this, something's not right here. I, I'm i holding myself back. You Who do you have in number two?
0: I have Mark of Athena, number okay. two. Um, Mark of Athena is just like, I, I love history. I'm a huge history gal, and being in Rome and like going around and like going under the city and like seeing as the time passes by like she ends up in like a subway station and like all these places that like time forgot and it's so freaking cool (laughs) to see all that stuff and then obviously the ending with um, Arachne is amazing and like you see all this art she's created under Rome all these years and like she even has the tapestry of Percy and Annabeth kissing and it's like watching all that fall apart and like watching Annabeth and Percy tumble into Tartarus is a it's such an amazing book has the best ending and I'm pretty sure even in the dedication to House of Hades like Riordan is like sorry not sorry for the cliffhanger yeah.
1: um and it's I remember just that. yeah wow I do remember
0: that it's just one of my favorite books and it I just love that whole entire book like it's not even just the ending which is obviously amazing and it ties back into uh titan's curse and percy wouldn't let annabeth fall again where she fell off the cliff in titan's curse and obviously ended up in captured by atlas so it's just it's one of those books that is like consistently mark after mark is so good
1: and it's another example of how Reardon paints the full picture. Like, none of these characters, especially, I'm talking about the enemies here, like, Mm -hmm. Arachne's not really a bad person. It's just someone, you know, got slided by the gods in a way. Yeah, and she...
0: It's like Luke. He was done wrong. Dismissed. And he just dismissed. Yeah. yeah.
1: And same with even Medusa in a way. You know, you get that backstory. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, Medusa's doing some terrible stuff, but there is Mm -hmm. reason for all of it. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, it's just the... Every character gets a very fair shake in the series. Mm-hmm. And that's just it's I like I don't know another series that paints a full picture, gives a full background like that. Mm-hmm. And now we can talk about the so, best. So,
0: yes. We both have the same number one. Um let's talk about the last Olympian.
1: Let's talk about the last Olympian. Because as someone from New York, this was it's like Camp Half is obviously it's on Long Island, it's where yes. I'm from. But the final battle. That's all I want to talk about with The Last Olympian. It's the final battle in Manhattan. Yeah. The bridges. You know, we have to get there. We have to get there. Shut this down. You got enemies coming through. You got the names that you recognize, the Minotaur. You know, with that little scene, like, it's the Minotaur telling Percy that. It's like, all right, let's do this again. Like, ah. I'm getting a little shivers right now kind of talking about it because it's such a great s- scene. And then just with Luke as well, you know, because, like, you, you bring him back. You know, you remember the first half of one book that you got to see Luke as kind of the happy kid of, you know, the camp leader. And you see how much he's been torn and just how much this wasn't who he was. And mm-hmm. by this point of the series, we've gotten some hints of background. We get more of it in the later books. Mm-hmm. But there's so much that, you know, it's finally revealed to you. It's, it's, it is it's a perfect ending that I haven't... I, I don't know another series that... Has a better ending than that, like better than Star Wars endings, in my opinion. Like, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, for it's, sure. it's, I don't know. I, it's, it was perfect to me as a New Yorker.
0: Um, So I had never been to New York City until two years ago. And getting to go and be like, that's what, ha- that's where that happened in Percy Jackson. Um, I was a menace, basically. <laughs> and it, like, I, I still love that ending, like, that whole battle is so crazy, because, like, it makes it seem like it's this very small area, like, it's not a small area at all, and they're, what, they have, like, a hundred kids defending this island, and it's crazy, but, like, I love Selena, even though she was a traitor, she sacrifices herself to save the other campers, and, like, I love the secondary characters in that scene. Because it's, like, you don't really get most of them while Percy's out adventuring in the original books. But you get them all working together in that last book. And it's, re- like... It's just so amazing because, it's like... Being a half-blood, it may be a rare thing, but there are a lot of them. And it's devastating to see how many people you lose along the way. So, like, um, Mr. D has two bo- twin boys, and one of them dies. And it's, like, you still see... And feel the loss that they're feeling yeah and it's like a lot my favorite twist in that book is Hestia coming back as the last Olympian because you really only meet her once before and, and it's in the first you, book and you
1: don't even meet her because you does not realize
0: she, she's she's not named yep but you see her in the yep, first book she's a little, she's little girl tending, by the fireplace uh, yep and she comes back and it's like he really full circle full circle full circle it's it,
1: I mean, it's it's even just the image of, you know, Manhattan falling asleep, of a city yeah. that never sleeps falling asleep. Yeah. Like, it's... it's You can't fit that in a book without it feeling... Well, like, it's... You can't make that happen just because, you know, the title is The City That Never Sleeps. Like, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, it's it sets the battleground. It says, all right, this is going to happen. This is what you have to cover. It's, it is truly war. And mm-hmm. having these people... You know, in the same setting that, yeah, you know, they, they were kids. Like the ending feels so familiar to the beginning, and yet they've grown so much. Mm-hmm. And it's, and the idea that we learn later that the Rome camp was doing the same thing, a oh, very yeah, similar end of the world type of battle elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It makes it again a full universe that I really hope this television series captures, because <laughs> it should be unbelievably great. Yeah,
0: I, it's just such a good ending to a series that we all loved so much, and The Lost Hero came out after most of us had finished that first series, so it was like, we were ready for to be done with the series when we finished that book, and I couldn't think of a better way to end it.
1: It's It was perfect. I, I don't even want to speak more to it, because I'll just yeah. stick my foot in my mouth, and it'll just be <laughs> terrible, so I I loved it so much.
0: So just to recap our final countdown for the rankings of the series so i had number one last olympian number two the mark of athena number three the battle of the labyrinth number four the lightning thief number five the son of neptune number six the titan's curse number seven the lost hero number eight the sea of monsters number nine the house of hades and number ten the blood of olympus
1: and i had at number one the last olympian number two the lightning thief number three the mark of athena number four the house of hades number five battle of the labyrinth number six blood of olympus number seven the lost hero number eight the sea of monsters number nine the sun of neptune and number 10 the titan's curse
0: so that was our episode for percy jackson and the olympians i'm ashley pelletier and this is generation zedia big thanks to mike for joining us for the last podcast of the year and i hope you come back soon oh, i hope i'll be there.